Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, yesterday's show, I think you could tell we had pre-recorded because we knew somebody was traveling. <clears throat> and uh, fortunately, I, to be honest with you, I traveled instead of on a charter. Believe it or not, going commercial worked out better. There are a lot of people who got back really late to State College last night because of some travel issues. And I got the year to Ann Arbor exactly on time. Thank goodness. Matt... Happy New Year to you. Happy birthday to your young son. Thank you. And it's good to be back with you live, and it's good to be celebrating a Rose Bowl victory. That was a lot of fun. I will say this. The last nine minutes of the game uh, for Jack Hammond, I mean, we talked about this after the game. That was about as much fun as we have had in anything that we have done. Because you knew with nine minutes to go that not only were going to win, they were going to win the Rose Bowl. And that is one of the something that I know in my career I always wanted to do where I announced a game where the team I was broadcasting for won the Rose Bowl. And, of course, it's my alma mater, even more so in Jack's alma mater. And you watch them do it, and it was like, this is really cool. Um but you know, it doesn't matter about the personal point of view. It matters about the team point of view. They played the way I thought they were going to play, Matt. You watch practice, and Friday's practice essentially is the Wednesday practice. So that day you're doing everything you're going to do in the game. Then the Saturday practice will be Thursday, and it's a walkthrough so that, you know, you're not using, you know, you're using a ball, but the ball isn't going anywhere. For example, it's not being thrown or, you know. And then the ball is thrown on the Saturday practice, you know, which is would be the Friday practice. I think it was Sunday was, the, was that. And we're watching Sean Clifford throw the ball on Wednesday and then watching him throw it on Sunday. <clears throat> or I should say Friday and um and Sunday, which would be the Wednesday-Friday practices. Jack looks over at me and says, you know, I said, does it look to you like he's throwing the ball with more zip? I said, yeah, I thought that in State College. I said, wow, you know, I thought after having a little time off, he had some real, man, like, bang, bang, bang. And his accuracy was terrific in practice. Like, okay. Now, you always ask the question, Okay, that's great. Now let's see it carry over into the into the game. Like I, my, I've got basketball tonight here in Ann Arbor, so you know they'll come out and warm up. Oh, did you see that Funk hit every single three? Like, well, you know, or Funk missed all ten of his threes in warm up. That's a disaster. Then you hit your first two, and guess what? You're two for two. Um, so I don't put. You know, I put some stock in it, you know, but they look sharp. Everything looks sharp. And the deep ball looks sharp. 
So I was talking to Mike Yersich on Saturday, and I said, you know, I said, geez, Mike. I said, Jack and I think he's throwing it with more zip. He says, yeah, we do too. He says, we're going to take some shots. And he says, a couple of them. He says, but we're going to take some shots on on um, Monday. And Sean looked great in State College. He looked great down in Carson. He looked, and then, of course, they got to the game, and he looked great. Singleton and Allen were Singleton and Allen. You think about the offensive line. Let's go back to what we talked about in the preseason. I said when you start a preseason, Matt, what's one of the goals? You want to get better, but what's one of the goals in the preseason? You want to have pretty much the same team at the end of preseason that you had when you started. That makes a big difference. And then you want to have at the end of September pretty much the same team you had on the opener. And at the end of October, you want to have pretty much the same team. I'm talking about personnel-wise. Well, Penn State, you know, like most teams, didn't end up with the same team at the end of every month because now you're looking out there and 60% of the starting offensive line that you had against Purdue is not out there in the Rose Bowl. Yet they all performed well. It was great to get Caden Wallace back, and he played well in the game. Here's the other element I thought was so impressive uh, about the game, Matt. And that was Brent Strange declared for the NFL draft. We all knew Jair Brown was going. Uh, P.J. Mustafer, we already knew he was going to be done. Sean was going to be done. Uh, uh, Juice Scruggs declared for the draft. And guess what? When you sit there and you look at it, right, they did not make cameo appearances. They did not have a structure of plays where they played X amount of plays, right? They played the full game. And that, to me, means so much. I mean, I think that means so much. And it tells you everything about the mentality of this team and why they succeeded this year. It is something I saw in the winter workouts, and I went to, I think, four of them last winter. Remember the talk show at the spring game? James was saying, talking about how he went to winter workouts. And I could see it. I was like, okay. Then you saw in the spring that ultra-serious nature to what they were doing. All right. Saw it in the preseason. Nothing changed. Quiet, confidence, serious. Like the depth we were seeing, like the freshmen. And that's why Jack and I said to each other, and we did not say it to you. I mean, it's and, and to be honest with you, there's, I think there's things I think we're allowed to say to each other that um, we prefer to keep it that way. Um. But we thought that this was a double-digit win team about the middle of August because we saw this. And I told Greg McElroy and Cole Kublik, I was on their show, and it was before the Michigan game, and I mentioned, you know, the quiet confidence of this team. And um, I don't think of the two of them, Kublik was like, okay, he understood that. McElroy, I don't think, was on board with what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he shared my opinion, uh, which is fine. 
because uh, everybody can have their own opinions. But I think in the end, that is what played out. They were unranked to begin the year. They're 11-2. and two. They have a Rose Bowl win. Went over, another, over a top-10 team in uh, Utah. And they have a lot of terrific players back. And added in another recruiting class that I think is going to be a big plus. And allows them to stack classes. The key to me is going to be the ability of the leaders on the team to then convey to the younger players on the team that exact work ethic and the seriousness with which last year's team, 22, went about their work because that's going to be needed moving forward. They've got the talent to do some great things here in 23. They need to combine that, though, with how the 22 team worked. And that's something we'll start to see on Monday um, when they get back to campus because the players are getting a break. I rode on the plane with Jalen Reed here to Detroit. He says, Mr. Jones, I'm going to sleep for a couple days. He says, could be maybe three. (laughs) Well-deserved, though. Yeah, I mean, they're tired. It's a long year. But I'll tell you what, though, Steve, when you talk about the leadership, I think you're going to get it and then some. And it's going to start with number 15 because I I thought that send-off that Sean Clifford got with two and a half to go and Drew Aller came in, it's, it was exactly the passing of the torch moment. And I don't know how you can't go anywhere but up if you're Drew Raller to, have, to be a part of that type of moment in that type of venue and not carry it over. Plus, I think defensively, there were many leaders, many guys that developed as leaders – and I, I think they're in a good spot from that standpoint next year. I really do. Yeah, there's still some announcements still to be made. Um, I think I've, you know, I can't reveal it, but I think I've got a pretty good handle on all of them but one. And then we'll just, you know, go from there. Okay. So, you know, and right now you're into the the transfer portal season. Then you're you're still like looking at the. The uh, late signing period, if need be, which is the first Wednesday of February. Remember, that's when they got Benga Yoani last year. So you can get somebody then if you need it. And Yoani is going to be a very good player, in my opinion, for Penn State. It's going to be very good. Uh, and it was uh, a really, in the end, in the end, a really fun season. They win their last five games. They're eleven and two, uh, and now you've got the program moving forward. And the idea now is, of course, you want to have the ability to go to the next level. Can you get to the four? And then the year after, making sure that you can get to the twelve. Uh, and you know, there are certain things you have to do. One, you know, of course, you got to handle your own business, starting with West Virginia. Uh, in the opener, uh, but you know, at some point you've got to get. You know, they know they've got to get through Michigan. They got to get through Ohio State. Now, Michigan. I mean, contrary to popular belief, I mean they're three and three with Michigan the last six times out. Uh, but they've got to get through that point. Uh, and you know, and look, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And then starting in twenty four, part of that will be USC being a part of the mix. 
but uh, that's that's where it is, uh, and this is uh, it's a cool way to end. It was a lot of fun, and I mean, you know, it was fun again just sitting there in the broadcast booth for us, knowing with nine minutes to go they won it. Right? There's going to be no nail biting. You're not worried about, you know, like a field position play, a takeaway. You weren't. You're just like it was fun. It was fun, and uh, I think it's uh, safe to say that all of us that had the privilege of being there, it's a blast. I'll, I'll tell you about um, the, one other meaningful part, and I'll do that in a moment. Uh, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, here with 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, they said we could only get two guys on the stage. I said, I'm not coming out up here without my guys. Our players have been phenomenal all year long. Their parents, our lettermen. This is for all Nittany Nation that has traveled. Rose Bowl, baby. Couldn't be happier. That was great. That was at the end. Now I'm going to talk about the beginning. On Sunday, Allen Robinson was at uh, practice, spoke to the team. And that was great because uh, Allen's on IR right now, even though the Rams were playing the Chargers that day. He's on IR. Um, and, you know, and it was great to catch up and talk with him. Um, and then... James gathered the team around. And he said, look, this is what we're going to do. On the back of the helmets, we're going to have an FH for Franco Harris. He says, and we're going to all wear number 34s into the Rose Bowl on Monday. He said, we've got all the jerseys. He said, they are retro from the year when Franco played, which, by the way, is when Jack played. And Jack was so incredibly touched by this. I mean, so touched. Uh, and I was like, wow. And and and, he, and Jack said to me as we were going back on the bus from uh, practice, he says, you know, he says, he said, boy, I said, I'd love to get one of those. I said, no. I said, I'll take care of it. I said, I'll, I'll get a hold of Kevin, and I'll get a hold of Ben and talk to them and see if we can do it. And Jack texted Dana Harris to let her know that they were going to do this. And, of course, she was, you know, obviously she's been with all the, all of her grief. Um, she was incredibly touched. And so she knew on Sunday they were going to do it. And I was able to go through Kevin Threlkel, and then I talked to Ben Herman and equipment. And I said, hey, you know, I said, Jack was wondering. I said, and Ben's like, oh. and Kevin like, oh, my God, of course he was Franco's teammate at Penn State and with the Steelers. Of course we're, you know, we got a jersey. And then not only that, that bonus was, the, you know, to be honest, they gave me one too. So, yes, we walked in uh, with the team, and everybody had the 34s on, led by James. And, yeah, we broadcast the games with the 34 jerseys on. Uh, but it, what it meant to the class with which it showed, the heart with which it showed, um, the meaning that it showed, what it meant to Dana Harris and what it showed, and what it meant to Jack as one of Franco's 
former teammates, longtime friend, he was so touched by it that they would do it. It really was a cool thing. I mean, I mean, like there's certain things where you like, yeah, that's really cool. But this was beyond that. It was the depth of it was, and and then of course the players did a great job of, of playing up to that standard and playing so well because that is where Franco and the Steelers that stadium is where they won their last Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, during that run, of course. All right, here's one for you. The Giants are playing for nothing on Sunday, and the Eagles are playing for everything. Who would have thought that? <laughs> that, that is pretty unbelievable. I mean, the Giants, and now you would have thought going in that the Eagles would be playing for a lot at the end, the Giants would be playing for nothing because the Giants would be playing out the string. Right? You know, back, you know, when the season began. No. The Giants are in the playoffs. They're 9-6-1. They cannot improve their playoff position. In all likelihood, they are playing the Minnesota Vikings. Okay? And they know it. Meanwhile, the Eagles still don't have the number one seed wrapped up. They don't have the bye wrapped up. They don't have the division wrapped up. So I ask you, big-time Eagles fan, when I said Gardner Minshew's nice but not great, you've got some problems. Hey, and I, you guys, I, I, and you guys all got mad at me. Hey, I, I was dead wrong. I was absolutely dead wrong. You all, you all got mad at me, right? You're okay. That's all I have to say. We were all dead wrong, Minshew. I, I, I don't know what that was last week. And I, you know what, it was on in the room, but I didn't see much of anything over the weekend. And obviously, I mean, I, I really can't comment on the Damar Hamlin thing at all. I mean, I really don't know what to say about it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Nobles Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Hyundai, the best in new inventory. And I'll tell you right now, January is a great month to buy a vehicle. It really is. I mean, you can have some really good talks with the great salespeople there. It's a great month to buy, okay? Uh, and fabulous pre-owned inventory as well. And a great service department to back it all up. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. There really is not much I can say about DeMar Hamlin. Penn State badly wanted him when he was coming out of Central Catholic. Uh, You know, of course, Johnny Patrician, was already at Penn State at that time, and he was DeMar's teammate at uh, Central Catholic. And I think it came down to Penn State, Ohio State, Pitt, and he decided he wanted to stay home. Okay. And eventually John transferred to Pitt and joined him there. Uh, but uh, they really wanted him, and they had nothing but the greatest things to say about him. I did not see the play at all on Monday night because we were doing the game. We were doing the post-game. 
Then Jack and I went down to the locker room for a little bit. Then we went to the bus, and it was on the bus when we were waiting for the players and the coaches to come out to take us back into downtown Los Angeles um, that we were like, like and Dick Girardi texted me. I was on the. I was just getting down toward the bus, and Dick Girardi texted me that something happened. And what the heck is that? Um, and the uh, and you're like, what the heck? And of course, I've never seen the play. I've never seen it because there are no replays of it or anything like that. Um, so we're on the bus. I don't know. It's about nine. Let's see here. Not nine. Quarter after nine in the east. Maybe nine thirty. And Dick sends. He says, "I'm not sure what's exactly going on, but a Bills player collapsed and is being given CPR. Not sure who it is, but the teams have gone to the locker room." And then he started telling me who it was. After that. And, you know, one of the tough spots for people in this profession doing talk shows, which is also a tough spot um, that happens with the TV people, okay, is with all this 24-7 coverage, is you're expected to come out and say something. And you're sitting in a studio, and you have no idea what's going on. Or you're sitting in a doing a show like I'm doing right now, and I, you know, or sitting on a bus, and you have no idea what's going on. And you're just trying to fill time. So you know, you, let's bring on an expert to talk about it. Let's bring on an expert this talk about it. Let's get a reaction from one of the NFL analysts. Your thought, and nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. And even right now, nobody knows anything. In other words, what caused it? I mean, for all we know, this is something that's been brewing inside him for a long time. We don't know. Or it could have been a hit. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. It's just you feel awful for him. You feel awful awful for his family and friends the hell they're going through 24 years of age this isn't supposed to happen in life and we go back to Hank Gathers and Hank Gathers had a trouble at Loyola Marymount finally got cleared and this is in 1990 and on the court of course he collapses and they didn't have the equipment needed that they at least had for Hamlin in the stadium on Monday night. And Hank Gathers didn't make it. And then earlier than that, almost about 50 years ago, Chuck Hughes with the Detroit Lions are playing the Bears. It was actually a big game for Detroit. Green Landry throws him a pass. Hughes catches it. Right? And, you know, they, they, they're going downfield. They're trying to win it. And there's another play, and as Hughes is going back to the huddle, he just falls down. And Ed Abradovich, who was playing with the Bears at the time, 
thought he was just trying to delay the game. And he's like, what the heck is he doing? And Dick Buckus is over by him and starts waving frantically. And Obradovich says, oh, my God, what's going on? And he looks, and they, like, they could tell he was dead on the field. Well, he had had a problem with his spleen. In the pre- he had injured his spleen in the preseason. And, you know, back then, the same thing. You don't have the same medical advances you have now. And it turned out it led to an even greater problem. Because they had had surgery and they didn't find it. They did not find it. And so he collapsed. Like, oh, my God. And he passed. He died in the field. Gathers died on the court, essentially. Now, Now this, he's still with us. It sounds like he's making some improvement. But what caused it, none of us knows. Zero. It could have been, I mean, it could be because he was playing football. Sure. It could be because of the hit. Sure. Or it could be he could have been walking down the street at the age of 24 and just collapsed. Because something had been brewing inside of him that nobody was aware of. We don't know. We don't know. And that's what makes this story so tough to talk about. Uh, because none of us has any information at all. None. We're just, all of us are just mostly talking to talk to fill time when it comes to this story. You can talk about the man's character, the toy drives in Pittsburgh, everything. I can tell you what the Penn State people thought of him during the recruiting process and even after the recruiting process. They loved him. Thought he was great. Right? You know, they felt bad he didn't come because, to Penn State because they thought he would have been a terrific player for them. Uh, he ended up being a terrific player for Pitt. Played against Penn State a couple times. Johnny Patrician thought the world of him. And I talked to Johnny about, you know, when um, just, you know, because Johnny was in and out of the lineup with a couple of injuries and his name came up at practice one day as we were standing next to each other talking. And Johnny has a great personality. Everybody's always known how much I've liked John. You know, when he was telling me just what a great guy he went to high school with, a great guy, the whole deal. Then it turned out John ended up transferring to Pitt. And he joined him there. Uh, So you've heard nothing but positive things about DeMar Hamlin because that's the kind of guy everybody knows he is. You want so badly for this to have a tremendous outcome but all of us have to sit here and wait, and we don't. I mean, everybody can guess and speculate, but nobody knows the reason why. Nobody. Now, doc, you know, now the doctor treating him, the doctors treating him, may have a handle on it. Now, I don't know. They haven't said, um, but we don't know. It could be one of who knows, twenty to fifty things. And that's why it's been difficult for everybody. And I, you know, and look, you know, you know, Scott Van Pelt's trying to talk to um, Ryan Clark, you know, and you know, and you know, poor Scott doesn't know what to, you know, he's just trying to like direct it in such a way where, you know, to, so they can get the best meaningful conversation out. Ryan Clark was trying to at least give some sort of perspective and answer, but the bottom line is nobody knows. Right, and and by the way, the people on TV and the people doing these shows would be the first ones to tell you we don't know, because we don't. We're all just guessing. 
the only thing that everybody's absolutely on the same page with is <laughs> you pray for the best single outcome possible. So that's where um, I, I don't think I can say much more than that, Matt. I really guess saying more than that, I think you just you, you want to stay in your lane. Unlike some other talk shows who haven't. Well, like I said, I just don't know. Um, you know, we have our own way of doing things. We've always said that. And by the way, the vast majority of people who do this for a living are very responsible. Okay, and at least my opinion. And you know, you're you're told, hey, you have to talk about this, and they're probably sitting there going, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me, really? <laughs> I got. What do I say?" Um. But then they have to go on and do it because they have to go on and do it. And, um, I, you just kind of, I, I, I'm not going to go any further with it only because there literally is nothing I can add to the conversation except to say, God, I hope he has the greatest outcome possible. And, you know, we're all praying and rooting for him. Um, Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll find out what uh, Luke received for his birthday. It's, <laughs> I understand that, uh, like, like stock and toys for us, I guess, like, jumped like 18 points. Always! Oh, you didn't get him like an Aaron Judge doll, did you? No. I did not. I wanted to get him a jer- I wanted to get him a jersey, but um, I was denied. By whom? Uh, my wife. Oh, <laughs> my respect for her goes up like <laughs> almost every hour. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK from Ann Arbor on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us here in Ann Arbor, where Penn State will take on Michigan tonight at 7, 6.30 the airtime, and then uh, get to go back home uh, tomorrow, Friday, and then back in the car and drive to Philadelphia Saturday night and then the game Sunday uh, at 6 with uh, Purdue. Uh, that will be uh, at the Palestra. And then uh, I think at that point, I think I'm home for eight days, something like that. So... All right, so what did he get for his birthday? Well, the biggest gift he got was a big combine because, as I've said before, he's very much a little handyman himself. He loves his combines, his tractors, his lawnmowers, all that kind of stuff. So we got him a combine. He was very excited about that. Um, He got another tractor. Um, Trying to think what else did we get him. He got so much stuff, it's all like a blur. Um... The one thing that my mother-in-law got him, which I thought was which was really cool, was uh, he since he's starting to notice some things at when we when we take him to mass every Sunday, he's starting to really like some of the, started the things that the priest does. So he said he wanted like a chalice and the vestments and all that kind of stuff. So my parents got him a, uh, like a really tiny chalice from the use, and my mother-in-law made him two sets of vestments. So there's a picture. Oh. I don't know if you saw it on, on Facebook, 
there is a picture of him in his vestments, priest vestments, playing with the combine. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, most of the clergy do do. Uh, <laughs> we call him like a mini really? Saint Joseph. <laughs> really? Case. Uh, so those are, those are some of the highlights. Plus, we did get him a uh, tractor cake. You're gonna like that oh, a lot. Oh, good. With uh, was it a John Deere? Or? Yes. Oh, he's a big John Deere guy. John Deere so is the tractor green? Yes. Oh, very nice. Yes. Very, very nice. So it was fun. Oh. Yeah, I love it. Um, and Uncle Kevin again got him nothing. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> he's got a birthday? I was like, yeah, everybody does, Kevin. All right. All uh, right. <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm glad. He, I'm glad he did. Now, was there any issue? I know fan, people are like, "Oh, we're listening about Matt's kids." Look, let, after the previous segment, let's just like, lighten up life here just a little bit, okay? Um, the um, so, how does Mark react to Luke getting all the gifts? He, he kind of is starting to want to play with some of the stuff that he's getting. So, and actually, he got not one, not two, but three kid vacuums. Because they're both obsessed with it, but then Luke always tries takes over anyway. There is like at that point where Mark's like really trying to fight for, you know, his his rights to toys. So, you know, working on the sharing, on the, in that aspect. Well, this is where again your wife comes into play. The brains of the operation. That is uh, so, correct. <laughs> it also gets you off the hook for having to do anything. <laughs> also <laughs> which, true. Which, which in a subtle way actually makes you the brains of the operation. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I, as I always told my wife, I said, I said, uh, I try to show you very little of what I'm capable of. I said, that way there are no expectations. <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> I mean, could I repair the the uh, lamp? Yeah. <laughs> could I repair the electrical outlet? Actually, I could. <laughs> there are a lot of things I could do. I'm like, oh, let's just call somebody. <laughs> I'm the exact same way, but in, but in my case, my wife will just do it herself. <laughs> well, no, I'd have to do it. No, I would. Actually, that's what does happen. To be honest with you, I actually, I mean, I can fix a lot of things. Uh, no, I'm not gonna sit there and like, hey, let's fix the fix the stove. <laughs> no. Yeah. But but have I put in outlets? Yes. Have I put in uh, light fixtures? Yes. Uh, you know. So there's a bunch of things that over time I put in. Uh, yeah, you're not bad. I have to say. Uh, uh, well, but you got to remember where I grew up. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you I have mean, the background. Uh, right, because. Uh, my father had a sheet metal fabrication shop. You hear my brother on the show on Friday. Kevin now owns it. So all that machinery, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, can I weld? Yes. Can I uh, Can I take blueprints and make parts? Yes. Uh, can I work press breaks? Yes. Can I work tool and die? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, actually I can do. Um, I just don't advertise it a lot because then people expect you to do it. <laughs> I really, I like to sit on the couch and watch the game. <laughs> if you don't mind. Bingo! <laughs> so I'll put my feet up. I feel pretty good right now. 
I got into broadcasting so I could just talk about games and not really work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, do you think, I mean, how much work do you think I was doing on Monday? Um, zero. How about none? <laughs> How's that the time zero. of my life on Monday? <laughs> I mean, I didn't do I mean, it. Mean, I mean, I get to be carried by Jack Ham for five hours. <laughs> I get to be carried by Dick Girardi tonight for three. I mean, not bad. <laughs> I had the time of my life Monday. Okay? And it was, you know, uh, it was interesting listening to Michael Shrewsbury talk to his team this morning. He was talking about taking every game seriously. And he says, I take every game seriously. Right? It was just part of what the bigger picture what he was talking about, not specifically about Michigan. Right, and I thought to myself, God, that's been my career. Like I take every game seriously, as I think if I don't, then I'm not giving the people listening their fair shake. But I have a blast doing it. When you do something like this, it's that old saying: when you don't feel like you're working for a living, it's the greatest job on the face of the earth. Believe me, I don't feel like I'm working. I know I'm working. I know I do all this prep work and things like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here. To, you know, like I know Miles Dredd is two points away from a thousand. I know that Jalen Pickett is thirteen points away from eighteen hundred. I know Cam Winters five points away from eighteen hundred. Yeah, I work, but like, come on, it's like I'm in the sandbox here. <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> so it's all it's. You know, they pointed me toward the field on Monday, and it was the Rose Bowl. Exactly how much do you work do you think I'm doing at that point? <laughs> so I need you to repair a light socket. Oh, no, really? Oh, and I'll tell you what the worst is, water. Water is the worst. Anytime you have to repair something like a faucet, or you have to repair a drain. Oh, yep. I do it, but it's awful. <laughs> I come out of there, I'm like, all right, I need some towels. What? Any water on the floor? No, it's all over me. I need towels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dog on it. Yeah, some of it got on the floor. I said, but I kind of stopped it. It's on me. <laughs> all right. So you're going to have to tell me what we have coming up today. Well, no, nobody today, but tomorrow we've got Mark Wogenrich. He's, he's, yeah. He himself is traveling back from Pasadena today, so he'll join us tomorrow, 4.06. And then Chris Mack will rejoin us on Friday at 3.35 for a little Good. Pittsburgh perspective on uh, DeMar Hamlin, and hopefully by that time we'll have some more better news. Yeah, I hope. Awful. It's just, it's just I feel... For him, for his friends, his family, his teammates, Sean McDermott tells Zach Taylor in the field, he says, "I, I, I, I gotta go. I, I got, I gotta be at the hospital. I, I can't be at this game." What does that tell you about Sean McDermott? Oh, I was not and, surprised. And, and Zach Taylor has handled himself beautifully during all this. Both organizations have. Both fan bases did too. What? Yes, incredible, incredible. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.